Hi, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, coming to you on Friday, February 7th, 2020, uh, after the Coyotes dropping a 5-3 decision to the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday at Gila River Arena. Special treat for you today, I have Kat Silverman, the foremost expert really on uh, on all things goaltending and really all things hockey uh, all together. I had a chance to sit down with her for an at-length interview you will hear uh, later on uh, in the show. It really takes up most of the show, so uh, it's a nice treat for you guys. You won't be uh, stuck hearing my voice the entire time, so uh, you can look forward uh, to that, but kind of want to first start and, and kind of chat with you guys about sort of the state of the Coyotes uh, at this point in the season. They've lost uh, they have six losses in their last seven games. They they probably won the most important one, and that was the game against the Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday. Certainly, uh, I think the most important game for the Coyotes to win, uh, and they got that one, but they lose um, uh, to the LA Kings. Uh, they lose to the Chicago Blackhawks, and they lose uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes. So not exactly the way you want to, uh, you know, perform on on this homestand especially given uh, the standings uh, in the Pacific Division and the wild card standings uh, you know Vegas wins last night all the other Pacific teams uh, that are in the race lose which is nice for the coyotes but you know you can see Nashville is sort of surging there in the wild card standings and uh, you know Chicago's still right there as well behind them and of course if you're the coyotes you're dealing with four other teams you're dealing with Calgary Edmonton, Vancouver and Vegas uh, and I still really expect Vegas to win this division if I had to pick uh, I guess the the way the standings are going to work out I would say the way the Pacific is going to work out is it's going to be number one Vegas I think Vegas wins the division number two Vancouver number three Arizona I think Arizona is going to finish third in the Pacific and then wild cards I think it's going to be Nashville and I think it's going to be Edmonton that's how I think it's going to shake out and I think most of most of my reasoning for that really is just because I, I really want the Coyotes to play Vancouver in the first round because Vancouver is the best place to go. So, but no, I, I, that's that's kind of what my brain says is is going to be the way it it works out for the for the Coyotes, and I think they're going to make it into the playoffs. Are they going to make it to the second round? Who knows? But it certainly has been a little bit of a struggle for them of late. And I think you know, in talking to Rick Tockett after Thursday's game, sort of just kind of out of answers, you know, and you really can't blame him. I mean, you, you play a very sound, a very disciplined game, I thought, against the Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday. You turn around, you play a great, very similar first period uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes, and then you just kind of stopped, uh, stopped playing that kind of hockey for about six minutes. Uh, you're not boxing guys out. You're not covering the high slot. You're throwing blind passes into the neutral zone. And all of these things are leading to goals. And I know some people are going to blame Monty Ranta, but, you know, and I kind of had it out with some people on, on, on Twitter last night. Like, if, if you think that one was on Monty Ranta, I, I don't know what to tell you because uh, that was one of the most mistake-ridden Coyotes performances I can remember. And that's saying something because the Coyotes have had quite a few mistake-ridden performances this season and especially as of late so I think the Coyotes need uh need, need to need something to change here and uh it's it's not it's not just the mistakes I think it's it's just certain guys not not doing what they're supposed to be doing I mean I wrote about Clayton Keller uh the other day uh, you can go and read that story sports.azcentral.com uh that's a subscriber only story but I think it's that's one of those stories where it, it's worth it because I, Clayton gave gave some pretty strong language and 
and really so did Rick Tockett. You know, just a lot of candor in, in discussing Clayton Keller's struggles. Now just one point, and it was a power play assist. Just one power play assist, and that's it in the Clayton's last 12 games. And that is just not good enough for a player that's doesn't impact the game in, in really any other way. He needs to provide offense, and if he's not providing offense, he's not doing much for this team. And if you were watching uh, or paying attention to the personnel being used in the third period of that game against Carolina, Clayton Keller hardly had any ice time, and that was by design. It's certainly it's it's strictly because he's just not impacting the game right now. And you could say the same about Phil Kessel. Uh, I thought Nick Schmaltz had a, had a sort of a bounce-back game. Um uh, I thought he had a bounce back game against Carolina for sure. So that that was just one of the the many things that you know you kind of been seeing from 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 some of these guys, and you're going to need more out of them. You know, Darcy Kemper is is going to make this trip with the Coyotes, but he hasn't been a full participant at practice yet. So it's it's uh still questionable whether he plays any game uh, here on, on this road trip. Oliver Ekman Larson still day to day. So it's it still remains to be seen when he returns to the lineup. Jason Demers, it seems like he is going to miss this entire this entire road trip and beyond uh, with a with a lower body injury that seems to be relatively serious. So not the greatest news for the Coyotes, and and really it seemed like that Chikrin Goligoski pair that was so solid against Edmonton, they just really didn't have it uh, against Carolina. They were split up. Uh, halfway through the game, it was Chikrin, Labushkin, and Ness Goligoski at one point, and then you had Jordan Osterley and uh, and Nicholas Jalmerson was your was your top pair, and they were actually pretty good in the Carolina game. Uh, Chikrin, Goligoski on the ice for all four of those goals against. So that's sort of your breakdown of where things are right now. The Coyotes back in action Saturday afternoon, a tough turnaround Saturday afternoon in. Uh, in Boston, which has been a, a tough venue for them to play in. But uh, that's that's pretty much your state of the Coyotes right now. Or we're going to take a quick break here on Locked On Coyotes. But when we come back, we have the full uh, full interview with Cat Silverman. It's going to be no commercials breaking up uh, this interview with Cat Silverman. You're going to be able to listen to it in its entirety. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. All right, everybody, Richard Morn here alongside Kat Silverman, uh, the person who knows so much more about hockey and goaltending that I don't even know why sometimes I have this job because she just knows way more about all this stuff than I do. We're actually coming re- recording this at the press box at Gila River Arena during the first intermission <laughs> of the game between the Hurricanes and, uh, and Coyotes. So uh, a little bit of a low-tech operation here, but we're bringing it to you anyway. Um, I think the last seven periods we've seen for Monty Ranta has been some of 
of the best uh, best we've seen from Achirata maybe since his first season in Arizona. I'm curious, what have you been seeing from him lately? And I guess kind of comparing that to maybe what you saw when he wasn't playing as well. Uh, I had to do some math there for a second to figure out how, just how many games we were looking at here. I probably but... did the math wrong. <laughs> going no, you, you, you did it right. Okay. No, he's a... He kind of... I, I think we we do have a little bit of recency bias here. You know, we we kind of forget that he was playing very similar to this right before that Christmas break uh, when when basically he took over for Darcy Kemper during during the first little stretch of Kemper's injury there. And I thought that Ronta was really playing the way that the way that we knew he could, you know, he has a career 920 save percentage, and that's that's pretty much the numbers that he put up his first year here. Uh, for for chunks of you know his time in in Chicago, with the exclusion of his rookie season, he he put up numbers in the 920s, 930s. What he put up in New York, um, it's kind of what he looked like right before the Christmas break. And I was actually all set to, you know, I talked to him for about an hour. I was like, "Is this how you feel? You can play." And he was like, "Yes, this is exactly." how I like to play and then he got hurt <laughs> and so so I I've, I've told that story yeah. With him, yeah no that's that's not at all and so I think he's back to where he was the last time I talked to him where he was he was happy with not just his rhythm but he was happy with his range of motion he was happy with his his tracking he was happy with his reads he was happy with how his his game level his energy level you know sometimes when you're not playing as well as you'd like you you get a little overexcited you overcommit to things you stretch farther than you need to which can both make you injury prone and can can make you a little less effective and and so this time maybe I just won't talk to him about it I won't jinx <laughs> him but but no I think he looks he looks like uh like, like Picante Ronte you know he and he feels it too he's one of those guys who he knows his game so well you know he knows what it takes for him to be at the top of his game what his timing feels like he's not just out there blacking out on the ice which which some goalies like to do um he knows exactly what's going on and this is how I think he feels like he should be playing and and it's it's showing he really is did you feel like maybe when he got thrown into that role when Kepper went down for the first time and he kind of had to start uh, a lot of games in a row do you feel like maybe Antti Ranta is, is best suited to be a tandem goalie? And, and you know, did you do you think that maybe kind of having all of those starts in a short period of time maybe wasn't conducive to his success given his injury history? It's it's tough to say because he's ha- he's done that in the past. You know, he did it when when Corey Crawford broke his foot at a rise against concert. I mean, that's when he made his NHL. Really I, did his, I did yeah, not know yeah, that. I did. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really his his coming of age season with Chicago was Corey Crawford broke his foot and it was it was Auntie Ranta and Scott Darling and they were they were really shouldering the load there together and so he played quite a few games um he did the same thing Henrik Lundqvist got hurt during either his first or second year in New York and he he really had to shoulder the load there too um and then he's he did it his first year here as well he 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 really did shoulder the load so I think he's he's capable of it but it's it's tough to say that definitively because you know that this is how time works like every year you get you get one season older and and your body can take less and less of a beating so I think that maybe at this point you know he's past that 30 year mark which which is kind of considered the the time to start watching for injury and and load management as a goalie I think I think it's really time to 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 keep him optimized as as a tandem goalie but I think he's I think he's capable of playing those those multiple starts I think he's still maybe didn't fully believe in himself even though he said he did during that first little stretch with Kemper I think he 
he was excited that he was playing the way he wanted to, but I don't necessarily know if he believed in himself yet. And that, that may have contributed to him getting hurt just one more time. I'm not sure, but I think he he looks more like he believes in himself right now. We've seen like a full calendar year of elite level goaltending from Darcy Kemper and we're still waiting for him to, to rejoin the Coyotes here Rick Tockett said after Wednesday's practice he was almost a full participant and probably want at least three uh, full practices under his belt before he want to get into game action can you pr- maybe provide some context what is it like for a goaltender when, when you, you've been out for so long you've been out for I mean since December 19th I think since Kemper went down I, I imagine at this point in the season it, it's a little bit of a struggle to get back up to game rhythm right? Right, and and the toughest part is there is no way to truly mimic game action in practice as a goaltender because you can't you can't mimic mistakes during practice. You know you can't mimic the defensive breakdowns. You can't mimic the just the the fluky passes and shots. And you don't necessarily want to because you don't want to make those extra reach saves because that's that's where the injury prone sort of tendencies come in. You don't want to be. You don't want to be putting that extra workload on your body during just a practice. And so it's hard to it's hard to really get yourself up to that rhythm until you play the game. But I think it's it's kind of funny. I think Darcy Kemper is the the opposite of Auntie Ronta. Yeah. You know, if, if Ronta is the guy who will break down every goal he's allowed, every every save he's made, every power play in front of him, every guy on his team, Kemper's kind of the opposite. I think he plays his best when he's not thinking. Mm-hmm. I think he plays his best when he has no idea how many shots he faced or talks about his technique I think he he just likes to get into his own and that was part of what what got him to that elite level is I think that Corey Schwab really did help him find the right headspace when he got here helped him find how to just shut it all down and and play at the level that he was physically capable of for years because you don't you don't just magically become physically elite when you're you know 29 years old and so so I think that that this time off may be kind of tough for him because you have to stay mentally in the game when you've taken this much time off. You really have to get your head back in it. And he plays better when his head isn't necessarily in it. He plays better when he's just going out there and just finding the rhythm. So hopefully, you know, he'll he'll be able to just come back in, clear his head and, and play like he did. But that to me is going to be the biggest test is really seeing how he balances that that need to play a mindless just rhythm-based game of hockey and and needing to get himself back mentally up to game speed because there are so many so many little things about a, a game itself that, that just don't show up in practices. I think it's so funny you mentioned the differences and kind of how, how Auntie and, and Darcy are so different in terms of their <laughs> character and kind of being in the locker room, you see that. But is, is there something to the fact that they're they're different in terms of their physical styles too? I mean, Ronta's a smaller goalie, he's so flexible and not to say that Kemper isn't flexible, but he's 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 so much <laughs> bigger i mean he's, he's such a bigger frame do you do you i mean do they play different styles on the ice to you is is maybe ronta a little bit more lateral whereas you know kemper can kind of stand a little bit taller in the net they they play a, a different style when it comes to their tendencies when it mm-hmm. comes to you know i think darcy kemper plays a little more of an inside out game you know he starts at the goal line and he comes out to meet the shooter ronta likes to start at the top of his crease he starts just inside the blue paint uh and then moves back based on you know as the shooters approach him he starts to retreat and and they do play a slightly different style in terms of how they move laterally i think that ronta holds his edges a little bit better he drops a little more cleanly like you said he's a little more a little more agile there um but the things that would make them different 
from a team perspective, they do very similarly. You know, I think Darcy Kemper's slightly better at handling the puck, but neither of them are neither of them are Mike Smith for Coyotes fans who remember <laughs> just how much he loves to play the puck and loves to be a part of the breakout there. Um, you don't really see that from Kemper. You don't see that from Ronta. You don't see either of them coming out to challenge the shooter at the hash marks like like Ben Bishop sometimes loves to do. You see them both. They both stay within that general blue paint range. They like to be yeah. in their crease. They both like to like to move on their knees and then get back up to a standing position instead of sliding. They, neither of them are huge on the on the pad stacks or those desperation saves like like an Anton Hudobin or an Alex Stalock where you have well, no you, idea what's being pulled out next. You're saying this a couple of days after the Scorpion save, though. The Scorpion save was that was even though. It was it was unique, but that's that's really the first time I think we've seen one of the two of them do yeah. anything overly crazy. And it was still, I mean, the only reason that happened was Ronta was on his knees and he pitched forward a little a little more than he needed to, and it wasn't like he had ended up sprawled on his back or anything, which we've seen some of those from a for for Coyotes fans, we've seen those from Mike Smith in the <laughs> past, where he's you know he's backwards in his net, his head's up by the by the goal cam, and his foot's in the air up by the top of the huh? the top post, and you don't really see that from either Kemper or Ronta. I think you see a more structured game from both of them. It's funny, I I, I wrote this on EasyCentral.com uh, a couple of days ago, but I I went up to Ronta and I, I basically gave him a superhero backstory. I said, you know, I know you had your house infested by scorpions a couple <laughs> years ago, okay? So what I'm what I'm purporting is that a scorpion stung you. You gained superpowers and the ability to make the scorpion save. <laughs> and then he went and told me that he was planning on getting a scorpion on his mask for next season. Oh, and I, I love it. And I said, okay, superpowers and a themed mask, that's dangerously that's close to superhero territory, right? That's, You're literally scorpion man at that point. That's that's kind of his thing, though. That's I, well, He I said because he has a rattlesnake this year on his mask. And he's like, yeah. I, I want to do like Arizona wildlife every year. I'm surprised he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna have Alina on there for uh, for fans who who follow him on social media he he posted on his Instagram there was there was like a herd of javelinas passing by his backyard and he said uh, that he'd seen a bunny out there and thought it was super cute went out to investigate and then saw the javelinas following after it and he told me he leaned over and was like trying to investigate closer and we had to explain to him that you, you don't really want to get too close to those things so I think he's the the scorpion's a little safer. Let's let's use that as his as his <laughs> superhero there because his superhero uh, origin story. Because I, I don't think the javelin is necessarily the the direction we want to be taking it. Well, it's so interesting to hear you break down the goaltenders like that because I feel like my reaction is the reaction of probably a lot of people listening, where I'm just like. I would love to be able to watch a game and have the things go through my mind that go through your mind when you're watching <laughs> goaltenders move because I have no idea like what I'm watching and the way you break it down is 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 like poetry. So thanks for for coming on. I want to ask you one more thing. I mean, Coyotes fans are hearing a lot about Ivan Prozvitov coming up through the system. Have you had a chance to to see him at all? And and I guess what can you tell fans about his style and maybe what what to expect down the road a little bit? Of course, he's with the Tucson Roadrunners right now. So so I've been able to both see him and talk to him quite a bit he's a just just a class act of a kid he's he's a little closer to Ranta when it comes to to his origin there you know he grew up as a gymnast so he's he's very flexible but he's got very more of Darcy Kemper's though. size yeah, yeah he's, he's like six foot seven or something and like 140 pounds <laughs> oh yeah he's, he's pretty thin <laughs> but no he he broke down like every 
every technique he's developed over time and like which coach gave it to him and what age he was and what team he was playing for when he learned it and when he learned to play more conservatively in his crease and when he learned post integration and so he's he's a little more like Ronson that he's a slightly more cerebral goalie um and he is a little more flexible but he's he's just so fun and he's got he's got that natural agility and he's just got the reflexes to go with that size so obviously you know the development still needs to to continue in an upward direction but I think he's uh he's he's my favorite of the goaltending prospects not to not to jinx him or anything (laughs) but he's he's so much fun to watch and he's so much fun to talk to and I think he's he's got potential to be both a fan favorite on the ice and off the ice all right Kat thanks so much for for uh, your expertise we'll I mean we'll have to have you on again I I don't understand half the things you said, but hopefully some some of the listeners got it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. All right, we're going to take a break here on Locked On Coyotes. We'll be right back after this. All right, folks, welcome back here to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin here, and uh, yeah, I still don't understand half the things <laughs> that Kat said in that in that interview, but uh, she knows her goaltending better than anybody I've I've really ever met. So it's it's pretty cool to just be able to to talk with her about that kind of stuff. And I always imagine like what it must be like to to watch a game and, and kind of have those like be watching a goaltender and, and kind of have all those all those thoughts go through your head like uh you know oh is he making a good read is he you know playing uh, in his you know crease the right way I mean it's anything right I mean it's when you've never played the position I think you just kind of have you just don't have that kind of perspective uh that, that you need on the position but uh thankfully we have Kat here in Arizona to <laughs> to help us figure out all that kind of stuff um that's all the time we have on uh, on Lockdown Coyotes here. We'll be bringing you guys uh, another episode uh, early next week. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, for tuning in here. Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been Richard Morton. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.